Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, folks. It's V the Grill Economist coming to you live on this edition of Markets and Mayhem with the one and only Algo Cowboy. We'll just call him Cowboy for sure because we already know who he is. He's the one and only magnificent maven of all things chartist. And you can find him lurking over in the Discord. And if you need to get into the Discord, it is a secret society of only the rogue faithful and you can find you can get in there by emailing cj cj at roguenews.com cj at roguenews.com with that being said gentlemen good morning how are you guys morning freezing my balls off it's cold you're greasing you're freezing, your what greasing he said he's my balls greasing his off. <laughs> why are you greasing your way balls off that just doesn't sound right siege i didn't get heat layer <laughs> no <laughs> oh no <laughs> Oh. Ah, let's move on. <laughs> we don't need to make this show any more like to that. Here, direction. let me show you and demonstrate. <laughs> oh my God! Listen, we've got a little, enough slack from last week, uh, and people have been complaining that this show is turning homoerotic, and we're trying to quell that. Okay, all right. Anyway, <laughs> what are you guys up to? I know you know, it's freezing here in the Midwest. Move to the Midwest, yeah. they said. Okay, sure. Yesterday was 28 degrees siege, and I want—I was literally in my sh- like shorts and t-shirt because it felt so warm to me. I don't know what warm weather feels like anymore, siege. Well, get ready. 15 is tomorrow, so oh, not God. getting any better. Yeah, see, we are, uh, you guys have it worse. You're in the Midwest. I'm out here in the West in uh, hey, Idaho, and uh, how's, it's, how's it's the a little up there. Today, this morning, um, I think the coldest it got overnight was like 18 overnight. So it, it'll probably 18. be, I don't know, look at the weather. I bet you it's going to be like 25 or 30 today. Actually, no, it says 38 today. It's 15 right now. Jeez. Yeah, it's, it's cold now, but it, it should go up nicely. God. Yeah, no, it's a little milder. You know, we didn't want to, the Midwest, man, you guys get that wind chill and it's just, it's oh, the wind chill. Is we don't get like serious snow out here. Surprising though, right? I mean, we'll get like four inches, five inches, then it's melted in like a day or two. It's gone. But the wind out here, cowboy, nobody told me about the bloody wind. See, you didn't tell me about the wind, CJ. It only happens like on every other day. It's not too bad. 
25 mile an hour, 30 mile an hour winds are like everyday occurrence out here, man. Like, if yeah, I but was aren't the season tight... changes beautiful? The season changes are beautiful. Well, the right? changes are nice. We get really nice falls. Our, our, our fall is very long, and the spring is very long as well. So it's really nice. And summer's not too bad. Winter, you got that six weeks of like that cold snap where you're freezing. Like, it's ridiculously cold. And the wind chill is insane. Like, if you are somebody whose hobby is flying a kite, this is the place for you. If you're a kite flyer and you want to take your kite flying to the next level, move to the Midwest. Yeah, so we get we get long. Well, our spring is kind of short. It usually kind of hops right into summer. Um, our fall is nice and long, though. We get the beautiful trees and all that. But what we do not have is that wind. We don't have that Midwest wind. No, exactly. No, it's, it's nice out here. Also, we don't have all the – I mean, like – uh, you guys are probably close enough to a large city where if the uh, brown material hit the rotating object, people could drive to your Hey, hey, hey. you said brown material. That sounds racist to me. Yeah, because people, you know, don't have all the same color feces, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, but that's the point is, is that we're so far away from any major city that, you know, like when I lived in Southern California, like, the city next to us was a hop, skip, and a jump from LA. So when 92 hit and all the riots hit and you had like a lot of people leave LA, they all just settled right next door to us. Like you want to be as far away from those as possible. So we chose an area that, okay, so where we live has got a million people in the Valley, right? There's civilization, you know, uh, you know, my, my son can meet some girls one day. Like we're not living on the boonies, but at the same time, we're so far away for like, we're, we're more than one gas tank away from everything. So, That's you know, if, if there's a major problem, we're probably not going to have like this big influx of people that you don't want. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that, that's key, man. You don't, you know, and it's far enough away, like, you know, real ardent leftists avoid the countryside like that. They need to be close to places with mask mandates. Uh, they need to be pl- close to places that have, um, um, you know, some sort of semblance of lockdown and governmental tyrannical control that just makes them feel better, cowboy. Oh yeah. Well, and I don't know how long we want to keep this on YouTube, but um, well, I, you know, I don't know if you want to. Yeah, we're free. Okay, good. Well, so I know what happened here, and I had already moved here by this point. So my state had one of the lowest. I think it was the lowest, uh, like vaccination rate for the COVID, right? And uh, and we were actually having really low sickness numbers, uh, you know, even in the hospitals and stuff. So all of a sudden, Biden pays a trip out here out here like there's not that many people out here you know there's like a million people why would he care homeboy flies into boise has a meeting with whoever and then within a week we're hearing how uh, idaho is a is a pandemic of the unvaccinated and all the people in the emergency rooms are unvaxxed mm. and and it actually was one of those you know those um those newscasts where they have multiple channels all saying like the same exact sentences like that it oh yeah one of geez. those yeah, so yeah, I mean, vaccinated my ass. It's I don't know. I don't know who's so buying the stupid. BS anymore. The part of the reason yeah, we came out here was, uh, you know, my cousin came here and uh, mm-hmm. he was telling me like during the George Floyd riots and all that. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I mean, there weren't any riots here. I mean, you had a half a dozen, you know, man bun guys crying into their lattes across from like City Hall. That was the extent <laughs> of, the, of the protest, you know. So were they crying? Like, I thought, that? dude, where I lived, we had like, dude, we had hundreds of people like marching down not 400 feet from us like from where we lived you know i mean i was up all night 
it was terrible. So I'm like, yeah, I'm not living in a place like that ever again. Nope. Not I, said the cat. Not nope. I. Nope, nope. Speaking of which, uh, what do you got for us, cowboy? You know, I figured we go. Any... Good. Well, we could we can do some articles, talk about some macro stuff, but I kind of wanted to go back to uh, to our roots and do some charts because I got some good information for people who might want to you know look into some altcoins and stuff like that. Yeah, man, let's do it. You want to? Okay, so first of all, we'll talk a little bit about yesterday and what happened from a trading standpoint because we're oh, all be, in the uh, real, really quick, real quick. I'm sorry to interrupt you, folks. I just want to make a quick announcement. In about five to six weeks. The Crypto Cowboy and I, I'm sorry, the Algo Cowboy and I are launching on a new endeavor which will revolutionize passive income. So keep it locked and loaded right here, and we will show you the full Monty as the day approaches because it's going to be pretty damn awesome. Go ahead, Cowboy. Oh, yeah, no, we've been uh, hinting at this for, for weeks, right? Um, but, yeah, five to six weeks, maybe even sooner. Maybe even sooner. Yeah, we'll see about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yesterday, you know, I know Velas was was kind of watching the charts, and he commented in the uh, in the Discord, and he was like, "Hey, the market's already heading down in anticipation of the Fed meeting." So, for those who might be kind of new um, to finance, whatever, uh, once a month, Jerome Powell, who is the chairman of the Fed, um, comes out and explains or announces what the Fed funds rate will be, which is basically the interest rate that is the basis for all interest rates. So the higher the rate, the more expensive money is, the less investing goes on and the markets tend to drop. The lower the rate, the cheaper money gets and the more investing happens and the markets tend to go up. And so there was this kind of all this, I had people, you know, on, on some of my other chats, I had uh, news articles, everything was saying that Powell's going to drop the hammer. You know, uh, he's going to be real hawkish and everything is going to go down and all this. Well, you know, and I even thought, okay, well, maybe, but at the same time, in the back of my mind, I was kind of like, you know, if everybody's saying that, there's a really good chance it's going to happen exactly the opposite of that. Because that's usually, you know, I'm a, I'm a very contrarian type trader and investor. So what I'm going to do is get rid of some of this noise. That's part of a new algorithm that I'm building because I'm the algo cowboy. Hint, hint has to do with what's coming out in a few months. Hint, hint. So. The announcement was at noon my time. So I'm going to put a little line right here, right about the time Powell started talking, right? 12 noon. So that's what that yellow line is right there. If Oh, you know, I haven't even uh, done a screen share. You got to share your screen, you you nuts. Which you can't just visualize what I'm doing. I mean, I could, but, uh, you know, I don't know how many other people (laughs) All right. Sorry, guys. I did a screen share. There's ready to go. All right. This is called the pal dump. Yeah. Well, so everybody thought that the announcement would come out and be hawkish. Now, what does hawkish mean? Hawkish means that um, they're going to raise the rates. So it's going to be more expensive for the large players to borrow money and invest that money. Cause that's the way that it works. Now, everybody borrows money to invest it. You know, if you can borrow at 3% or 4% and get a 10% return, that's like free money. Right. Yep. And that's, what's been going on for 12 years because 12 years, the rates have been so cheap and all of the humans like Pavlovian dogs, all of the retail have been convinced that that's just going to continue. Like that's a normal thing because sure. every time they've bought in the last 12 years, they've made money. 
So it's just like the, you know, like the dog in the laboratory, when they smell food, they salivate. And so they attached a stimulus to that, right? I think it was a bell or something. So the whole thing with Pavlov was they had a dog and had tubes attached to the dog's sal- uh, saliva glands. Right. And they whenever the they, they ring a bell and give the food. Mm-hmm. And so the dog associated the bell with the food and they would salivate. So after a while, they would just ring the bell and the saliva would come out whether there was food or not. Well, what's happened with retail traders is that they've been conditioned to buy the dip and buy the dip and buy the dip because every time they bought the dip, they won. <laughs> so the, the association over the last 12 years, you see a dip, you buy it, you make money. You see a dip, you buy it, you make money. Mm. Well, the last several months they've seen dips and they've bought it and they've not made money, but mm. apparently they're still stupid because they keep buying dips. <laughs> so, I mean, pretty, pretty big conditioning there. And of course, you know, trading, um, when you're when you're a trader, one of the things that you have to master is fear and greed. And and we're all humans. You're not going to you're not going to get rid of fear and greed. You just have to be able to recognize them, right? So in this case, everybody thought that Powell was going to come out and say, "Oh, we're gonna, you know, we're going to raise the rate," and he's going to have a bunch of hawkish talk about quantitative tightening, and the market's going to go down. Well, the announcement happened at this this yellow line here. And so just as an experiment, I ordered a very, uh, entered a very small short, like just to test it out like 50 bucks. Right. And of course, immediately that was taken out. Like I thought it was going to happen. And even before everything happened, I think my comment to Vela's in the discord was that, well, yeah, you know, there is a consensus right now that there is going to be hawkish talk, that the market's going to go down. However, you know, that consensus may be manufactured and that might be a way to get people to try to go short or sell out so they can fill their long orders and then they'll take everybody's stop losses out. And what that means, okay, what all that jargon I just said means for people who might be a little bit new to trading, let's just say people thought the market was going to go down, right? So they, they saw the announcement, they entered a short right where the green meets the blue, right? And the blue is where you're losing money. And the greens where you're making money. So if price were to head down into that green box, then you're in the profit. And when it hits the end of the box, that's where people would set their exit to get out of that trade. So that's a short. So you're betting on the price going down. And as price goes down further and further, you're into more profit. And then you get out as you're in profit. Well, this is what happened. And people got excited because price started to head down, started to head down. And then all of a sudden, Right up here at the top of this blue box, this is where a lot of people, uh, including myself, for my little tiny test trade that didn't lose me really any money, a lot of people had their stop loss in that area. might have been a little higher, might have been a little lower. And so what the market makers did was they knew, I guarantee you, I'm not saying I know this for a fact, but I'm just going to pretty much guess that the speech was planned because they're all planned and you know that these people don't say anything by accident. And I remember I was watching this. I wasn't even listening to the speech. And anybody who was in the Discord at the time can actually know Todd Minnesota trading is not gambling. Uh, That's not gambling. Um, Betting is gambling. So if you don't know what you're doing, you're gambling. If you do know what you're doing, it's actually a science. And you know to a statistical degree of probability what your trades will be. So Todd in Minnesota, allow me to teach you if you want to know what's going on. Otherwise, yeah, trade, trading is eat. not gambling. Trading, trading is, gambling. is methodical, it's intellectual. There's methodical, a lot. It, trading is chess. That's what it is. Trading well, is chess. Yeah. Trading, yeah, it's it's it, 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 There's a a great deal of technique involved in it, 
And anybody who says oh, it's an easy thing, you can just go ahead and swing trade and make millions, that they're wrong. And the people who think that it's 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 gambling, it's not. You, no, look, here's the well, thing. And Todd's over okay. here. Todd Minnesota over here is saying, "Oh, you're not adding anything to the economy." And look, Todd, I'm going to be polite here and say you just don't know what you're talking about. I just want to add this. Well, let me just say this: put things in perspective. You are in America. Everything you have as an American citizen, you have very few exploits. One exploit is I'm going to buy precious metals. Okay, you're going to buy precious metals. You're going to hold it. And you're going to hold it. Okay. And then when silver goes up $5, you have a, a huge party. When gold moves $50, you have a wonderful, uh, you have another party. And then a few weeks later, those prices come back down because we're still in a Western centric paradigm. You can buy some cryptos and hodl and hope that the, the old coin that you purchased will skyrocket in value. These are all past. That's gambling. You, you see what I'm saying, right? I'm not saying that you know buying precious metals is gambling, but you know if you're buying some old coins and you're hoping it goes to the, to the moon, that's a gamble. That's a hope, and hope is a strategy. And eventually, precious metals will go up. There's no doubt about it. But here's the thing. The only thing that the United States has going for it Okay, in terms of a way for you to earn real income is the market. Now, do, do Cowboy and I know that the market is fake? Yeah, 100%. It's bullshit. Do we know that there's a bubble in the market? 1,000%. We've been narrating this bubble for years now at this point. But what we're telling you right now is you need to have – take the dogma – Take all the doctrine and all the stances and the ver and, and all the other stuff that we have and, and, and the arguments for and against all throw it out the window, man. This is we're in a state right now in, in this country where this bubble is your friend. And you got maybe two more years of this bubble, maybe three if we're lucky. And what we're trying to tell everybody, what I've been screaming from the rooftops is embrace the bubble, take real profits from the imaginary economy, and put it into real assets so you are better prepared for what is ahead for you and for your family. There are people that we've worked with years ago that were able to quit their jobs, and this is what they do full-time. Cowboy, you're very familiar with those testimonies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we were. it was our program that you know gave them the basis to do their own research and make that move. Yep. And a lot of people was like, look, uh, like, you know, technical analysis on a control. Yes, it is controlled. And when you do technical analysis on it, now w w watch this, okay? When you do technical analysis on it, you know where the controllers are taking the market. This is why I said forever. The market is a, is a controlled market. It, 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 it's an animal, but it's a circus animal. And if you know the circus, uh, you know, the circus instructor's tricks, you know which way the animal is going to go. We know at certain, at, at you know at at some point during the show, the bear is going to get on the tricycle and start pedaling, and then we know at this point the bull is going to get on a tightrope and start walking. The point is, you got to know where the show goes. Now you can sit there and be like, ah, yeah, technical analysis and blah 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 blah, and it's a controlled market. You're gambling. You're missing out. You're missing out. This is a a, a learning opportunity. And it's not that difficult when you got people like Cowboy that could break it down for you and, and, and explain to you what the hell is happening economically. 
Because let me explain something to you guys. People always say, hey, V, why are you so damn on point, right? How, how come you're nailing 90-some-odd percent of the time, hitting where the markets are going to go months in advance? How are you so damn accurate? How do you know when there's a war coming? How do you know there's famine coming? How do you know there's a cyber attack coming? How do you know COVID was going to go away? And I called it a year before the freaking thing even went away. How come I was prepared for COVID in December of 2019 before the first cases occurred in January? How was that possible? How did I have Jets environmental scrubber installed in my house ready, ready, ready to go, right? Because the markets have a language. Stop being pragmatic and understand the way the markets grow, go is the way the elites and the private equity that runs this country, it is the way they communicate one towards another. The markets have a language. And Cowboy and I, and I were teaching you how to read that Braille. You start figuring out how to read that Braille, you'll know, okay, you know what? There's no World War III. You'll know, hey, you know what? Dollars being de-dollarized. Hey, you know what? Here's what the time frame is. The way we know is because the market is speaking. It's their market. Yes, it's rigged. Yes, it's controlled. But if you know how to read it, you know how to read the tea leaves. And that's what's happening. Go ahead, Cowboy. Sure, yeah. And and the key here, and, and I know Todd, Todd and I are kind of talking here, I think. And Todd's good. He wants to he wants to understand what we're talking about. He's not trying to argue, so I do appreciate that. Um pragmatism is key here right so there's a lot of people oh well, you're just in a derivatives market you know you're just you're moving money around and all this okay there's a couple things about that first of all let's pretend for a moment that there was no benefit to society for doing that well guess what this is what the elites are doing to make their money so the question is at this point if they're taking away all of your ability to open a business or if jobs are not doing that well or if any of that you know any of those kind of obstacles to financial growth are in your way, then you must do what there is to do right now. You know, am I investing in like, you know, you know, something that is really nefarious? Am I buying some cryptocurrency that has to do with some terrible crime? No. If I was doing that, maybe I might feel a little guilty, but I'm not doing that. So, you know, the point here is that let's take away that whole moral side of things. Now, Todd, to answer your question, Todd seems to think that there's always a winner and a loser in a trade. And that's simply not true. Now it does happen. You know, there's people lose money in trades. In fact, any trader is going to lose. A, I mean, you're going to lose trades. This is how it is. And we can get into the nuts and bolts of how you could be profitable in trading. That's a much longer conversation, but to look at it in, in, a, in a way to kind of quell people's moral dilemma about trading about how, Oh, I feel guilty because somebody lost and somebody won. That's not really necessarily how it goes. For example, let's say that I buy gold at $1,000 and then it goes up to $1,500 and I sell it, right? Well, somebody else buys it when I sell it. And if it goes back up to $1,800 and they sell it, then that's two wins in a row for two different people. And who are they selling to? Well, whoever they sold it, if they hold on to it when it goes to 2000, then they made money too. So that's three trades in a row right? Now, gold in and of itself doesn't go to zero, at least it never has. And remember, everybody, this is a real key thing here. None of what we say here is investment advice or to be used as investment advice to your own research before you go into markets. I'm not saying gold's going to any particular number. I'm just giving a, an educational purposes only example here. 
So let's just say like gold never goes to zero, right? In fact, it stays right where it is or it goes up continually. Well, from the start of time, it's nothing but a win. You know, and, and let's just pretend the dollar goes away, but gold's going to hold its value. Gold's ultimately a placeholder. So if you look at gold and the value of gold, it's neither a win nor a loss. But what it does allow you to do is it allows you to keep your money in terms of gold right where it is so that when the rest of the market fluctuates, you can take advantage of the lack of fluctuation in gold. So there are a million and one different arguments I can show you that, you know, that show that it's not always a win-lose situation. Yeah, sure. There's people who they go long and then the price goes down and they have to sell to somebody else who bought it cheaper and that's a loss. But in the end, yeah. Okay. Todd, I think this conversation is coming to an end. You're assuming that everything is going to crash and nothing's going to happen and everything is going to, no, that's just not the way that we look at things. Yeah. That, like, that's... This world's not going to end. The market's probably not going to go away. You know, let me put it to you this way. If you are somebody who makes money in finance, right. And then the market goes away and everything crashes. Well, what happened to your stocks is the least of your problems at that point. Now, right. if you're somebody who was trading and taking your profits or turning them into, say, a business or turning them into food production or turning them into hard assets, then you actually won. But I'm not going to go down the path of the scenario that this is a ticking time bomb and everything's going to crash. That's just not, you know, I'm not going to go down that path. And Todd, I think we've serviced you enough in this conversation, but feel free to approach me on Discord if you do want to talk about this further. I think we need to move on for for everybody else that's watching the show. V, do you have anything to add to that? No, no, no. The, the, the this is uh, the um, it's getting it's getting pedantic to use a word that you like. Yeah, it's getting pedantic, and you know, look, we need a. I, I've said this for the longest time. You have very few exploits as an American. The last thing you need to do is come up with a mentality. Everything's gonna crash. It's all gonna die, man. And the ha I used to call it the mentality of buying cat food and heading to the bunker, waiting for the SWAT team to come through the door. That should not be a strategy. All right, and I, I've said this before. the The markets will always be there. Why? Because it's their markets. We are going through a paradigm shift. We're going from a unipolar world order to a multipolar world. Okay, the markets still need to function. Okay, and the markets will already be running ahead of that. In other words, I will see what is going to happen when the multipolar world before anyone else does, because I'm looking at the back end, back you know, the 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 the, the behind the the closed doors, so to speak. And Cowboy is able to chart it out, and I got the fundamentals of it. So you got the technical, I got the fundamentals. So the market is going to tell you when this transition is happening. Okay, and then we're going to go through a, a, a period of chaos. There's going to be changes, but guess what? When the dust settles, there's two things you can count on. You being here, if you've prepped yourself properly, and the markets will turn back on. It won't be a 60,000-point Dow. I can guarantee you that. And I guarantee you that over 40-some-odd percent of the companies that are on the Dow Jones will no longer be solvent or even functioning. They'll be out of business. But the market and its infrastructure is super valuable. It needs to be there because America will again, after this whole chaos is over with, will again transact with the global markets that are around the world it's just the way of things okay it's not the end of the world man and let's move forward cowboy go for it 
Sure, sure. So to go back to the example of what happened and what, you know, I've been doing, uh, shoot, I've been doing crypto trading since 2017. I've been doing silver trading on margin silver since like 2010 because I got family in that business. Although it was a very low amount of silver silver trading. Like I don't try to say, yeah, I was a trader since. No, but I've been actually technically trading since 2017. So my history is such that I got into crypto. I uh, tried doing some of the technical trading, but then I found an antiquated exchange that I was able to exploit uh, basically what was a time delay in transactions. And I was able to develop what's called a spread arbitrage program where I manually did it. I didn't code or do anything like that, but I manually was able to make about two or 3% several times a day. It didn't last too long because that exploit didn't last as all exploits don't last. And I went ahead and went back into technical trading, did so with crypto, moved into Forex when crypto took its crash in 2018. Um, I also trade small cap stocks. I'll trade indexes. So I'll, I'll trade anything that's on candlesticks, right? Ether Delta Camaro. It was Ether Delta before it was Fork Delta. And that's where I did that. Yeah. The good, uh, good guess there, Camaro. Looks like we have a real head in the room. Um, so when it comes to yesterday's trade, uh, people thought it was going to go down. So when when this started to head up like it did and the way that it did on lower time frames, you, the, I put the comments in the discord and in some of my private groups. And I said it right then. I said, I'm not watching this speech, but I guarantee you that pal is talking dovish. Now he started off with like a hawkish hammer talking about raising rates in the future, all this. And then now he's talking more dovish and that's exactly what happened. And then the price went ahead and headed up. And I think that also another reason why price did head up might be because, you know, some of the, um, uncertainty is gone. There was a prediction of a 25 basis point hike. It happened. He talked, it was more of a nothing burger, even leaning dovish. So once the uncertainty is gone, people are more willing to go ahead and take some risks uh, moving forward. And of course, price went up. And those people who saw that happen were able to go ahead. And I don't normally trade news. So I did refrain from this trade, but this was a trade I was looking at. It would have been a nice two to one uh, uh, risk to reward ratio, something like that. Um, but again, I, I I don't usually trade during news events because what if Powell all of a sudden started changing his tune again? You know, so um, but these are the kind of opportunities that I, I don't normally mess with. What I usually do, though, um, is I have algorithms that I've built and I've even shown a couple of people who are listening to this show how to build algorithms. Um, hint, hint. So, you know, we're talking about things that may or may not come in the future. And so I have basically two ways to trade. There are continuation trades where you find a trend and you kind of buy the pullbacks. For example, um, let's just say that you're able to identify that there's a trend here. Uh, easy way to do that would be you have up and down. Let's see here, find my path. You have a move up, a move down. You broke the prior high. The next low is higher than the prior low. And you continue to make these this kind of a stair step move, right? Higher highs, higher lows. Now you're in a trend and you know that you're in a trend after that first break of the higher high, right? One, two, three here. So one of the uh, one of my old mentors would call this a bullish rotation where price, I'm going to zoom in here. And this is very basic stuff, giving it away for free. Okay. So you have, Price was in a downtrend, right? Mm -hmm. And then it headed back up and it created this high. And then it created a higher low. So you have this low. Let me get some arrows out. You have this low right there. And then you have this next higher low right there. 
So what you're looking for is a break of the prior high, right? So now after that higher low happens, that's a bullish rotation. And once that higher high has been broken, now you're potentially in an uptrend. And especially when you see that next higher low, then you know you're in an uptrend, right? And so at that point, as you know you're in an uptrend, you can have a higher probability based on just that alone, that the next low is going to be higher than this one, and you can bet going long. Now, it all depends on what your, um, on what your algorithm looks like. If you're doing basic price action trading, let me take a quick break. Algorithm does not mean you have to know computer coding. It's not necessarily, like, I don't have to code it. It's not going to trade for you. An algorithm is tying your shoes. It's, it's simply these conditions line up and you're going to enter the trade and you're going to set it in a certain way, the same way every single time. That's all it is. Don't let the term algorithm like scare you. It's very simple stuff when you break it down. Well, certain people's price action algorithms would actually have them look for an entry within this box. And we'll, we'll make this a little easier to see because of all the noise in the chart. Let's see here, style. We'll color this in with like a blue. And within that box, people are going to look for potential entry to go long, right? And they'll, you know, let's just say right here, looks like that's the right entry. So, I mean, I know traders who went long right there. They waited for some key things and uh, they went long. Their stop loss. Now I've maybe used the wrong color on this. Sorry, guys. Hold on. Let's make this uh, yellow. Okay. So their stop loss is going to be at the bottom of that blue box. Okay. And then they're going to do whatever their calculation is to, to see how far they're going to go. And in this case, it might look like this, where there's a 1.76 risk to reward ratio. Okay. Now, what does that mean? That means that a good trader is going to say they'll bet $100 but they'll win 176 because it's a 1.76 risk to reward ratio. So let's say that you make five trades. Let's say you make six trades. Your risk to reward ratio is say 1.5, at least every single time. You could lose half your trades and still be profitable because when you lose, you lose $100. But when you win, you win 176. So this is getting a little far into the nuts and bolts of what I do. And this is a very simple price act, price action version. And what I'll do is I'll use that price action, but I will also incorporate indicators that are free. You don't have to pay for them. And I will incorporate those to fine tune my entries to kind of squeeze out as much of the risk to reward ratio um, that I can. So that's what I do. That's how I trade. Um, but I wanted to put this news example yesterday, uh, wherever that was. Let me see here. I wanted to show you how I don't trade during news because... Powell changed his, his tune. Everybody was like, oh, he's going to be, you know, he's, he's hawkish. He's, you know, he's talking hard. The market's going to go down. And then he changed his tune and it went up. And a lot yep. of people got kind of murked on those trades. Now, why do I know to do that? Because I have a lot of experience, been trading Forex for now four years. I'm a profitable trader. Um, so, you know, those are the kind of things I do. Um, V, do you want to enter? Do you want to say anything now before? Yeah, we, one of the uh, things that's that, that's important that people need to get out of this whole J Powell thing, the FOMC, um, is this: the, the what is the number one sentiment coming out of the central banks? Right. What What are the central bankers messaging? That messaging that they're putting out there is that the inflation is what it's easing. It's easing. 
We just have uh, some uh, a little bit of inflation here, a little bit of there, but uh, you know, for the most part, it's easing. And the market moved up. And then Powell said, hey, you know what, uh, maybe in the future we might do another rate hike, which they're not going to do. If they do, they're going to cut back. Remember, remember back in November of almost a year ago when I said that, look, cheap money is going to flow come, you know, going into February, especially March. Look for it. Cheap money. They're going to they're going to start, you know, loosening the spigot. And now we're starting to see that the market's going to test that. And folks, this so in other words, there's no other way for them to go. And this is number one, it's dangerous. Okay? Because what's going to happen is that you're gonna the cheap money is going to have a net negative drag on Main Street, on the physical economy. And they're gonna turn it on. And when they turn it on, this market is going to run. And this is why I said, get the t-shirts ready. Dow 40,000. Here we come. And what, what and what happened the other day? Boom! Lower bond yields, right? Weaker dollar. But then what happened? Higher gold prices, higher commodity prices, higher Bitcoin prices. Stock market started rallying. Strange, isn't it? Yesterday was a was a a, a, a systemic test. A lot of the big players that are in the that are in the playground right now are testing this. And what is that test I'm talking about? It's one one of the things that we've been highlighting, and I've been narrating this and talking about this for for damn near a year and a half, two years. The Fed is backed up into a corner. They cannot hike or keep hiking the rates as they've been doing. They got to start cutting, and that is what we're witnessing. And this market rally that Cowboy is giving you the granular details of plays into it. Cheap money is here. We're, we're going to see a market boom. And folks, this is an old saying. And Cowboy, I know you probably heard this saying. Pessimists or pessimists are often right. Optimists are often rich. So get ready. Go ahead, Cowboy. Let's uh, let's uh, uh, let, let's uh, you know queue uh, up on the uh, on the Powell thing. Then we'll get into everything else. Go ahead. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, it's uh, you know, I've got the article right here, so I don't need to go into it because I've already explained it. But he just the more he talked, the more dovish he was. What's mm-hmm. fun? Oh, let me uh, let me uh, zoom in here. Can't read it. So what's really fun is that I was on Discord calling this out without even seeing it. I was like flying with instrumentation. I knew what was going on in the speech and I was not party to the speech. So it, I'm saying this because as time goes on, it's not like I'm a genius or anything. Yeah, sure. I'm smart, whatever. I just have enough experience in doing this for as many years as I have to know exactly what was happening as it was happening before anybody else could see it because we didn't have, you know, we're not looking at the speech live. Um, the same thing happened over at the ECB. Uh, you know, they hiked by uh, 50 basis points or 0.5 percentage points. Same thing. They did twice as much as we did. Um, and what's interesting, though, and what's fun is they're actually going to do something that they're <laughs> well, let's just say the rest of us are going to call it climate QE. What they're going to do is there are two. <laughs> isn't this good? Why don't you weigh, v, weigh in on this? I want to hear you. You know where I'm going. Okay. I don't have to explain. Okay. Go ahead. So this is a, one of the things that that I've um, 
that I that I put out there a while ago, maybe even maybe going back two years. You know, I said we're getting we're going, dude. Universal basic income is going to happen because the Fed is stuck in one thing and one thing only, which is it's to the moon, Alice. It's print to oblivion, and that's exactly what they're going to do. They're going to print to oblivion. But remember, I said about the negative feedback loops that occur in the physical economy and the physical market and Main Street with Joe Joe Sixpack and as Cowboy calls it, Jane Winebox. Okay, I would love that. Yeah. Story. My wife was cracking up when I told her that. She was rolling on the floor laughing. Jane Winebox. Brilliant. Joe Sixpack and Jane Winebox. This is how it's going to affect them. Every time the stimulus comes out, it doesn't benefit Main Street. It doesn't affect manufacturing, the American working class, and the middle class. It destroys them. It, it is a, it's a net drain, a wealth extraction scheme, right? So in order to cover the basis of the fact that they are eviscerating the working and the middle class, this is the way. Thanks to QE. What do you think they're rushing in FedCoin? They want to rush in QE. They're trying to get on the particulars of all this. Why? Because they want universal basic income as a way to sustain you. Because you got to understand, them going out having FOMC meetings, talking about rate hikes, is negatively impacting the market. So now this is another way for them to privatize the profits and socialize the risk. How do you socialize the risk, right? Well, another way of socializing the risk is give universal basic income to everybody. Go ahead, Cowboy. Yeah, I think it's, uh, you know what? This was uh, in high school. I had a teacher. This guy, his name was Carnesecca, which is Italian for dry meat. Um, so <laughs> what? Carne what? Carnesecca. Carne, carne secca? Yeah, it's the same in Spanish as it is Italian. It's It means dry oy, meat. Oy. Dry meat. Yeah, Professor he's really dry good, meat. though. <laughs> Professor dry meat. I, I, dude, he, it, we had like a kind of a uncle nephew relationship. Cause I had the, you know, the Italian thing and it, you know, I, I'd like make fun of him and he threatened to hit me. And anyway, so he was, I liked him. So this guy, actually he never threatened to hit me, but I thought he was gonna, well, I pissed him off a few times. He never said, I'm going to hit you. So let's get that clear for whoever's, you know, looking at history. So the point was he said that he didn't have the ability to explain to a bunch of 11th graders what fractional reserve banking is, what coming off the gold standard is. It was not part of his curriculum. But what he did say, he says, he kind of said, look, what we're based on now, we're not based on gold. What we are is just really hard to explain right now. But what's probably going to happen is the system's going to break. It's going to break sooner or later. And as it breaks, the economy is going to have to be mended inside of a cast of socialism. And he means cast as in like a broken arm, like a cast. So, you know, what's going to happen is universal basic income is a way to keep people placated, you know, while they, while they redo everything and whoever redoes everything is going to, you know, how things turn out for us in a freedom standpoint is going to really depend on who redoes everything. I know a lot of people who are a smart people, Catherine Austin Fitz being one of them. Um, she thinks that they're going to try to kind of make us feudalism again, you know, like the elites and the serfs, the, you know, that kind of thing. Um, she says they're going to fail that she thinks the, uh, the, uh, what do you call it? The, the digital dollar. She thinks the CBDC is going to fail, yep. um, you know, all that stuff, but, it, but they're going to try. They're already trying. They've already implemented some CBDC, uh, CBDC things in the background. The point is, is that what is our job here? Our job here is to come out of that as well protected and 
you know, we want to have as good of an idea as possible how it's going to go and what horses to back. I like things like gold. I like things like certain cryptocurrencies. None of this is investment advice. Do your own research. I like Monero. I like Bitcoin. I like Ripple. And to an extent, I like Ethereum. I think Ripple is going to be a huge, huge part of the Western financial system and perhaps international. Um, But the universal basic income is probably going to be paid in some sort of government currency that they can program. And that kind of currency is going to have some issues. We've talked about it enough on the show. Like they can program it. It'll have expiration dates. You have to spend it by this date or it goes away. They can track everything you do, blah, 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 blah. So one way to kind of get around that is perhaps develop a local parallel economy, raise some food. Um, You know, I'm looking at uh, possibly buying some, uh, and I've talked about this for a little while, but I have family who's in the machine shop business. So I'm looking at maybe buying some, you know, like a metal shop. So looking at buying some machines that I can make parts with. You know, yeah. um, and having a shop like that with our experience. And then that way, if money is not that important or whatever it is, I have a physical thing that I can produce. But where am I going to get the money to build such a shop? Well, for me, it's going to come from trading. And that's, you know, and I think that it's a good idea for traders to always have another income stream. You know, I'm not saying quit your job and go be a trader. That's actually, uh, from a psychological standpoint, not necessarily a uh, good way to do it. Um, yeah, 3D printing says Camaro. There's a lot of ideas. I know we probably should have, or you probably should have uh, X back on Singleton because he's really good at, at these kind of ideas. Well, meantime, it's funny. We- he he reached out to me uh, yesterday, and we're trying to communicate right now. And um, um, you know, I've, I've he, he, he'll be on hours. Yeah, well, he'll be on hours, man. Next week. Yeah, he's now, he's a good guy. He's, he's just full of so many ideas, mm-hmm. um, you know, so anyway, uh, so the, yeah, UBI is just a way to kind of, <laughs> it's like a way to keep people from writing as somebody in here said. So that's, I, I didn't mean to go off on this big old tangent on UBI, but I'm looking for ways to where we don't have to rely on UBI and in order to like increase my capital. Yeah, sure. Um, I'll take UBI. Like, I'll take UBI all day. Give me some UBI. I'll throw it right in the market. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yes, hey, uh, yeah, exactly. That, that I'll trade it immediately for something else. I'll that get, I can trade uh, yeah, something else. or I'll take the UBI, just go buy some silver. <laughs> exactly. Go well, buy if some it's gold. available at that point. Yeah, if it's available, or you know, get some crypto if you can. You know, it's got to get creative. Yeah, got to get creative. Um. So anyway, so that's that. Um. To move on, let me see here. Oh, this is a this is a subject near and dear to, uh, the gorilla's heart and mine as well. You see the article about Rolex? Biggest Rolex online reseller cuts jobs as watch prices continue downward spiral. Yeah, who's, so, who's who is this? Uh, who cuts it? Was this uh, Joma? Who, who cut it? Was it Booker? Okay. Let's see here. Taking forever to mention this. Chrono24. Oh, they're not a reseller, man. Okay, this cool. is uh, okay. just a guy. Who, for, I don't know if he's the one. He's the Wait, retailer. Send me the link. Is I'll it Subdial right 50? Subdial 50? Subdial 50. Uh, they're not here. even that big. Subdial 50. I thought it was like Joma, Watchmax, Booker, Tonneau, Subdial.com. Well, whoever the retailer is. Chrono 24 I, I pers- is awesome. Chrono, Chrono 24 is like um, an online platform where you can buy and sell watches which is pretty awesome oh 
Look, it's the subdial 50 is actually a chart. It's like it's an index, it's like a right? market yeah. chart for Rolexes. That's pretty cool. I wonder if it's on yeah. my. Uh, let's see if, if we can get the subdial 50 on my uh, on Trading View. Trading View is pretty awesome. Subdial 50 not available. Um, so anyway, it's not there. It's a bummer. Here's what I think about Rolex, though. Rich people always going to be rich. People stuff like this doesn't affect them. They're they're yeah. so well off that they you know people who have money, especially if they made it themselves, they understand how to keep it. They don't do stupid stuff. Yeah. So they're going to continue to buy luxury items. Yeah, sure. You know, crypto heads and people who you know don't understand how to take profit. Yeah, sure, they won't be buying as many Rolexes. But you know what? That there will be a bottom in the Rolex market. And if you're like, this is another example of what you can do outside of you know your system. You can buy Rolexes if you know what you're doing and if you do your own research. Right, and this I'm is looking at it right now. Who is this? Uh, Price Rolex, blah, 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 by 2022. A Rolex that's even like beat back and scratched up and stuff, like not too bad, but a used worn Rolex, like, I don't know, V, those kind of have a similar value to the new ones, right? It's not like they go yeah, down that much. It, 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 the thing with Rolex is this, folks. It, Rolex is one of those things, man. This is why I, I tell clients if you can get if you can get a Rolex, even a, even a freaking ladies Rolex, go do it because it's supply and demand. And and yeah, the, you know when you look at the Rolex price, and I follow Rolex pa- uh, prices because I own a few, Patek, uh, Audemars Piguet. Um, there's quite a few watch brands that I that I follow, and I look at the pricing of it just to see the overall market. The price has come down a little bit. On, 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 like maybe a handful of models, not all of them. You know, I've been looking at trying to get a, a Sky Dweller for the last two, three years. Gus has one. Gus has a beautiful blue face Rolex Sky Dweller. It's just the cat's meow, man. That thing's still going for $36,000, bro. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it, it's not coming down anytime soon. And that retails as an $18,000 watch. You can't buy it anywhere. You go to any Rolex authorized retailer, there is no steel sports Rolex available anywhere. They'll have display models available for you, but sorry, you want to buy it? You know, you're you're getting on a wait list, and then you and then you you you're sitting around on your wait list, um, and if you need to uh, purchase one, you're going gray market. You're going to one of these online online sellers, or you're going into uh, 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 your local uh, jewelry store that happens to sell uh, pre-owned uh, Rolexes, and you're paying more than what the retail cost of the watch is because there's just no supply here. That's pretty interesting. Yesterday, I picked up an IWC. Uh, you say that the Rolexes are at a premium right now, dude. They're massive. They're still they, they they'll drop a few points, but just based on supply and demand. Because you know, you look at a, a wealthy person's safe, you'll see you know local currency, you'll see silver and gold coins and bars, and you'll see a, a handful of Rolex watches in there. It, it, it's like that. I, I can tell you, I've read stories of people being able to get out of harm's way in Southeast Asia. Uh, during economic uh, tumult or, or 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 political catastrophe, and they're trying to escape a war, and the way they were able to get out was, you know, the guy was able to liquidate his Rolex and pay for him and his family to get the hell out. And that's why I also tell clients have a Rolex. Why? Because God forbid you fall on hard times, you have on your wrist enough money to pay rent, security uh, deposit for two months, your first month's rent payment, and and food and groceries for the next couple of weeks on your wrist. That's why you have it. 
That's why you have it, not because there's some trendy out there. And Rolex has st- has stood the test of time. I mean, you, if you got some of these older pieces, like if you could find these older reference models and numbers, and you're lucky enough to get it like 20, 30 years ago, those things are selling for you know a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand. I mean, I, there was a guy that I saw had a Daytona from '73, a Rolex Daytona, sold it for seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. I mean, it's not a joke, man. This is a real thing. Paddock, same thing. You know, Patek Philippe. You know, Patek. Uh, you know, Patek Philippe. Same thing. Patek if you had Philippe, a, yeah. yeah, if you had a, a Nautilus fifty-seven eleven, that would say forty thousand dollar watch, brand new. You know, brand new forty thousand dollar watch. Now you can't touch it for less than one hundred and fifteen thousand dollars. Good luck. Good luck. Yeah. Oh, and in, in the uh, in an economic downturn, a lot of the time, art does better than anything. Yeah, um, art you know, does I great. Exactly. Books. I yeah. comic books. I got. I picked one up that was. Uh, so there's a new. Sh- there's a comic called Berserker. Uh, Keanu, yeah, Reeves Keanu Reeves thing? is Keanu Reeves. Yeah. So there, it's actually going to be on Netflix. They're going to do. Oh. A, a, originally, it was going to be a live action with Keanu. What they've done is they've made it into more of like an anime situation. Yeah. So, for example, I went and you know I, I I don't know that much about comics. I've always liked them. Um, but I went to the store and I talked to a guy and I do, you know, I talked to somebody who knows what they're talking about and it was, it just so happened. I had left the store. He told me before I was leaving the store, Hey, hey, there's a, there's one coming out. It's like 400 bucks and it's a one in 1000. So there's one, there's like one in 25, one in 50, one in 1000, whatever it is, right. They're always worth more. And they tend to like generate value over time. And if you have them graded and it's a high grade, then, you know, you are, it's worth a lot of money. So I got this one and he called me as I left and he's like, it's in. If you come in now, I'll sell it to you. Right. And I got the stink guy from like the employees because he won't sell that stuff to his employees. Right. He wants his customers to be happy and they were just give me, but they're my friends. Like, you know, they know me. It was like a friendly stink guy. They were just jealous. And so I bought this thing. I sent it immediately for grading and it went from $400 to a thousand. Just like that. I made a $600 profit just for like talking to the right people, right place, right time. Um, and then back to the Rolexes though. Like I know, uh, let's just say I heard a story about a guy. I can say I know him because, you know, but what he would do is, you know, when you go through the border, you have to claim a certain amount of goods. Now back in the day, it was like 10,000. But guess what you can put on your wrist that no one's going to look at? You could put a $50,000 watch on your wrist. You know, yeah. it, it's a way to be able to, and, and you know what? It, it, the thing was like this one particular story I heard about, it was white gold. So it didn't look like it was gold either. And he's walking around with yeah. like, you know, $40,000 on his wrist. And if, you know, if you're, if you're stuck somewhere, you're in trouble. It's, you know? it's your ticket out, man. And that's why yeah. people have it. it. It's not, people have these luxury items like Paddock and Rolex and whatnot, Audemars Piguet, right? Not because it's like, hey, you know what? It, it, it's a status symbol and you want to flex on. No, 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 no. It's a utility. Same thing with luxury handbags. Same thing with luxury handbags. I cannot tell. Look, I've helped thousands of clients throughout the years. Okay. I I remember, okay, uh, helping one of my clients out from New York. The guy owned a automotive dealership network, one of the biggest ones in the Hudson Valley. Okay. Ma- major automotive uh, dealership network. And during the financial downturn that occurred with COVID and all that other stuff, and I asked him, I said, hey, Paul, here's the deal. Uh, how are you able to survive and cover your mortgage? He lives in a very fantastic house. He's like, yo, V, you know what I did, man? I, I started liquidating my watches. And I was able to cover my mortgage for the entire, like, the next six months, seven months, whatever we needed in order to get solvent again. That's what happens. You know, it, it, you have it 
for the utility and the liquidity. It's the same thing as having a gold bar or a silver bar in your house, you know, where it's it's that vital. It's it's one of those important things. It's it's nice to have. And look, there it's not Rolex is not the only brand out there. You know, Rolex and Paddock and Audemars Piguet. You know, there are others. Vacheron, Constantin. You know, part of the Holy Trinity. Uh, they're pretty good. There's um, you know, H Moser, which I love. The Stratoliner is fantastic. Those are appreciating quite well. There's a lot of FP Jorn, which is another fantastic watch brand. Uh, older uh, Hoyer Carreras. You know, Hoyer Carrera. Which you know before they became Tag Hoyer, uh, Hoyer Carrera, Hoyer Monaco, um, those pieces are fetching amazing. Omega, you know, you get those special edition Speedmasters and stuff like the Speedmaster Snoopy. That's a you know when it came out it was a fourteen thousand dollar watch. Those things are going for eighty k. Okay, so it's like so will they come down a little bit? Small. Yeah, they'll come down a little bit. Yeah. They're small, they're portable, you know, like you yep. can collect a, a, what was that Porsche that came out a few years ago? I think it's like a Spider GT8, you know, people bought them for like 600,000 or something and now they're worth like, you know, oh my 2 God, million. The, yeah, the, the 718. The 718, 718 is that what it is? Yep. But it I'm, sorry, 918, I'm sorry, 918 Spider. It was a 918. 918, 918 yeah. Spider. Yeah, it's, it's a great car. Spider. That thing is a supercar, a hypercar. Supercar. Yeah. Oh, Hyper. Here's the thing about it though. Like mm-hmm. the problem with, something that big they're hard to sell right they're hard to transport if you need to like get up and go you can't take it with you i mean unless you're driving it but that's probably not your main concern at that point so something like a watch or anything else that's small and easily movable and easily sold and has a lot of value in a very small package that is one thing that from a an investment and a wealth management standpoint if things get really bad, that that's what you want to look at. Watches are just, I mean, they're just such a great idea on that level. They really are, man. If the, if the dollar goes kaput, and you know, CJ makes a good point. I don't know if he's still with us or not, but he makes a really good point sometimes where if the dollar really blows up and blowing up is a bad thing, um, you know, cause like a lot of rap kids think blowing up, oh, I blow up the spot. No, if the dollar blows up, then what things are going to be worth in dollars is irrelevant, right? It's going to be like what is worth in gold or what can you trade this for that? And watches, watches are worth what a watch is worth, man. And and a lot of them, are, you know, the big ones are full or the expensive ones are full of precious metals. Yep. So you're going to have, and as uh, Todd was saying earlier, the jewelry value of a watch is much higher than its melt value because of all of the, you know, all the work that goes into it. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's, I guess we didn't, I don't know if we have time to get into any of the crypto charts. I did post um, in the discord, I actually posted a link to all of them, not my charts, but I was going to kind of dig in and do some technical analysis, but I think we went in a viable direction today. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know if you want to continue or what. Yeah. I mean, uh, no, no, no. we got to uh, bring this to a close, but here's the point. It's like, you know, take advantage of the market strategies. Uh, I'm getting some, uh, uh, messages in people are already interested in the, uh, the, the opportunity that you and I are working on that will be ready. In, in about five to six weeks, maybe even sooner, it'll be all official. It'll be pretty unique. It's going to be the most unique trade. It's going to be the most unique platform out there in order for you to capitalize on what the hell's going on. And then, folks, well, I want the to say Once something. Start... About... What? No, just real quick before you go that route. The mm-hmm. What we're putting together, I know people who do this who are charging $300 a month. And, that's, and people pay it because of what they're getting. And I'm not going to say the price point right now, but it's an awful lot less than that. I mean, it's we're giving a this thing less. less. But go ahead. Yeah. I'm sorry to, to cut you off. You, you're, you're starting so, to get So what I'm saying is this. So know. once you start, you know, I always say, you know, whatever it is you do, you got to create some 
additional streams of income. With those additional streams of income, buy things like you know long-term storage food, water filtration. Uh, some some there are clients of mine that bought arguable arrogable farmland. Um, there are others, you know, they have uh, you know precious metals stored and vaulted, and 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 maybe even a few in their house. Um, and 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 a and a good quality, authentic watches like that. That's why I love Patek, uh, Patek Phillips, uh, Patek Philippe. And their uh, tagline, you don't own a paddock, you simply hold it for the next generation. It's nice. an heirloom. And if nothing happens to you and, you know, the world doesn't go to shit and we're able to come out of this and we go through a, a, a just, a, just a, a soft crash landing and things get reset and things go back to normal in a couple of years, okay, when all the stuff is washed away with and purged out. The future is going to be that, hey, that Rolex you bought or that Paddock or that Audemars Piguet or that classic Hoyer, that vintage uh, Hoyer or that that Omega Speedmaster that you got, you'll be able to pass that on to your kid, man. That's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of it. And so on and so forth. It stays as a heirloom. And as a man, it's the only thing that we have that's a functional piece of jewelry. There's nothing else. In man. I don't wear jewelry, but I wear my watch. Well, dude, do you remember uh, back in 2018 when we had watches trade? And oh uh, yeah, I came I, I came across a deal. I bought one for you, and I got one for me. This was a much lower end deal, but the the advantage of profit was so big. It was the uh, oh, what's that Japanese brand that we like? Seiko. Seiko's another Seiko. one. I'm, how can I forget, folks? Grand Seiko's fucking amazing. Oh my god, it's so. Oh my god, they're, they're set I to got us- go so high. Dude, I, I bought us. They they were making a mini Marine Master. Yeah, I, I remember that. that was Marine called. Master two hundred, right? The, that's it. The Marine Master 200,000, whatever it was. It was like kind of a lesser version of the Marine Master, but I got them while they were building them for eleven hundred dollars. Yeah. So it took a month or two to arrive at our doorsteps, but by that time it was worth over two grand. Yep. You know, so the opportunities are out there in the real market, which is really, dude. I, I'd say Singleton's going to have the best handle on that. Yep, absolutely. There's so much things. Anyway, folks, with that being said, we are at the end of the show. Uh, make sure you subscribe, like, comment, share. Spread this to your neighbors, your friends. And tomorrow we'll be back. Uh, CJ, are we having Velas tomorrow? Or is he out? No, he's out tomorrow. He's out tomorrow. All right, so tomorrow CJ and I will rock and roll. So with that being said, we're over and out. Take it away, CJ. <laughs>